Well, this morning we had an interesting thing happen here at the church. Um, when, I, when I arrived at the church this morning, there was a, a, a turkey vulture at the back door. And uh, Dan and Jen Harlow were already here. They were inside the church peeking out the window and the door at the bird. And we're like, okay, so what do we do with this? So we shushed him out, and they had a guy from DNR uh, come and uh, um, take care of it. We had a couple police cars here. So, like I said, if the rumor starts that Pastor Greg was arrested this morning, this is not true. <laughs> well, we shushed him off the ramp and he wound up under my truck so people kept coming in this morning asking me why I ran over that bird <laughs> this not, is not true either I shared with someone this morning that I need to figure a way to use this as a sermon illustration well I don't have a way to use it this morning so I just told you the story so there it is this morning, we're going to talk about being chosen for a purpose, and I kind of chose this passage today, being Mother's Day, and I recognize that Mother's Day is an awesome day, but it's also a challenging day. It's a challenging day for those who um, have always wanted to be a mom and aren't. It's a challenging day for maybe for those who grew up in a home where their mom was not very good. It's a challenging day for those who miss their mom because their mom is no longer with us. It can be a challenging day for a lot of different reasons. And it brought to my attention the fact that we all have different experiences in this life. We don't all have the same experience. And there's a reason for that. And there's a reason we go through different things in life. And, and sometimes it can be really hard and sometimes it can be really challenging. We can ask God, why? Um, well, maybe we can answer that a little bit this morning. I'm going to ask you if you would take your Bible and turn to the book of Acts. And we're going to be in chapter 9 this morning. And we're just going to look at a few verses. But before we get into these couple verses this morning, I want to give you a little context of what's going on. We're going to look at the, the individual known as Saul, who later becomes Paul, the apostle, and writes a lot of the New Testament letters. There was an early Christian by name of Stephen who was the first recorded believer who was martyred for his faith. And, uh, Stephen was stoned to death. There's a passage of scripture that says that Saul was there watching in full agreement. In fact, it even says that Saul was holding, holding the coats of some people while they were stoning Stephen. Well, after this, Saul went on a rampage to shut down all these Christians, and he went from town to town, and he was getting people arrested and all this stuff, and, and uh, doing what he thought was the Lord's work, as it were. Well, uh, we're going to pick up the story here where Saul is now on his way to Damascus, and uh, he's going to do some damage there, and uh, uh, Saul had a, a really special encounter on his way and on his road, on the road to Damascus. And this is what it says. It says, As he was nearing Damascus on this mission, a brilliant light from heaven suddenly beamed down upon him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, sir? Saul asked. 
And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you are to do. Saul was struck blind at this moment. This is a pretty big deal here. And he had to be led by his companions to a house in Damascus. And he went to uh, the house of a of a, a guy by the name of Ananias. And Ananias was a follower of Jesus. And the Lord told Ananias, okay, now you need to go talk to Saul. But Ananias was like, oh, I don't want to go talk to Saul. I, I, I'm kind of afraid of this guy. But the Lord assured him. And look what the Lord said to Ananias. He said this. But the Lord said, go and do what I say. For Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel, and I will show him how much he must suffer for me. The Lord told Ananias that Saul was his instrument. So he went to Saul, laid hands on him, and Saul's sight was restored. So a first question I have this morning, there's an outline in your bulletin if you want to follow along. What does it mean to be God's instrument? The Lord said that Saul was his chosen instrument that's a that's a really interesting thing now when you play music you choose instruments for different things um we as a worship team we play different instruments because that's what helps make the ensemble work um there's certain instruments that we choose to play as opposed to not play i mean if instead of a bass guitar dale played a piccolo and and instead of a guitar, I played a bell. <laughs> and, and instead of drums, Melvin was playing a trombone. And instead of a piano, maybe Jen would be playing a maraca. I don't know. But we choose our instruments because they have a purpose. We choose our instruments because they're, they work with with what we're trying to accomplish. A, a musician always chooses their instrument well. God says that Saul was his chosen instrument. Now, that implies a couple things. First of all, that he had something special in mind for Saul and that Saul was designed with a purpose. Saul was going to be God's instrument to share the good news of the gospel, to bring him glory and to be used for God's specific purpose. So Saul was chosen for a specific purpose. This is Ananias talking. He's telling Saul what God uh, told him. And he's, ta he's talking to Saul, and Ananias says, Then he told me, or, or Saul is saying what Ananias told him. Then he told me, The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and hear him speak. You are to take his message everywhere, telling the whole world what you have seen and heard. Would you say that Saul, later becoming Paul, would you say that his message has been taken everywhere? Here we are 2,000 years later. We're still reading Paul's letters, right? You see, Paul's resume was extremely unique, okay? It was a very, very unique resume. He was a perfect man to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. And to do all that, the Lord called, called him 
to do all that the Lord had called him to do. So let's look at Saul's resume for a minute. You can write these down in your notes if you want. Let's, let's talk about his education for a, se a second. He was, he was schooled in Jewish theology. Acts chapter 22 says this. This is uh, Saul or Paul talking. If I say Saul or Paul, it's the same guy, okay? And this is not King Saul from Samuel. I don't want to confuse you there, but Saul or Paul. Well, in this part of Acts, yeah. Yeah, he's already Paul. Yeah. Okay, we'll call him Paul. Let's close in prayer, and you guys have a wonderful day. This is what Paul said. He said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus, a city of Cilicia, and I was brought up and educated here in Jerusalem under Gamaliel. At his feet, I learned to follow our Jewish laws and customs very carefully. I became very zealous to honor God in everything. I did just as all of you are today. So he had the proper education. He was educated as a Pharisee. And he had a great Jewish heritage, too. This is what, what, what Paul says before the Jewish king, uh, King Agrippa. He says this. He says this. He says, as the Jewish leaders are well aware, I was given a thorough Jewish training from my earliest childhood among my own people and in Jerusalem. If they would admit it, they would know that I have been a member of the Pharisees, the strictest sect of our religion. Now I am on trial because I am looking forward to the fulfillment of God's promise made to our ancestors. In fact, that is why the 12 tribes of Israel worship God night and day, and they share the same hope I have. Yet, O king, they say it is wrong for me to have this hope. Ooh, Paul's good, isn't he? No one, no one could say what Paul just said or get away with it, as it were, and with the authority. You see, because there are some who would have said to, to a Christian, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know anything. We are God's chosen people. We know who God is. You don't know what you're talking about. But Paul's like, well, wait a minute. Everything that God has promised has come through in Christ. It's come true in Jesus Christ. I'm, all I'm doing is celebrating that which I was taught as a Jew. I have this hope that God told us to have, and I have found that that hope is in Jesus because Jesus is the one who God has revealed to us as our Savior, as our Messiah. And now you guys are telling me that that's wrong? Well, wait a minute. His unique heritage gave him that authority. Another thing about, about Paul, his previous employment, his persecution of Christians. Look what it says uh, in Acts 22 as well. It says, and I persecuted the followers of the way. That's what they called the early Christian church, the way. Hounding some to death, binding and delivering both men and women to prison. The high priest and the whole council of leaders could testify that this is so. For I received letters from them to our Jewish brothers in Damascus, authorizing me to bring the Christians from there to Jerusalem in chains to be punished. So Paul was doing all this by, by the approval of the Jewish leaders. Look what it says a little, chap, a little later in uh, 26. He says this, I used to believe that I ought to do everything I could to oppose the followers of Jesus of Nazareth. 
Authorized by the leading priest, I caused many of the believers in Jerusalem to be sent to prison. And I cast my vote against them when they were condemned to death. Many times I had them whipped in the synagogues to try to get them to curse Christ. I was so violently opposed to them that I even hounded them in distant cities of foreign lands. So this is his resume. So the cool thing about Paul is he can say, okay, I did this. I was as passionate as you were against Christianity. But Christ opened my eyes, or closed his eyes first, to the truth. I understand why you're so passionate, but I have taken that next step, and I understand who Jesus is. So his previous employment plays a role in who he is. Also his citizenship. Back in uh, 22, it says this. As they tied Paul down to lash him, Paul said to the officer standing there, is it legal for you to, rip, to whip a Roman citizen who hasn't even been tried? The officer went to the commander and asked, what are you doing? This man is a Roman citizen. So the commander went over and asked Paul, tell me you are a Roman citizen? Yes, I certainly am, Paul replied. The fact that Paul was a Roman citizen, he had certain rights and certain protections under the law. And being raised in Tarsus, he was well acquainted with the Greek culture. All of these factors played into the call the Lord had placed on Paul. All of these factors made him a very, very unique person in history. And the perfect instrument for God to use to spread his message. Look what it says also in 26. This is, this is uh, Jesus. Uh, the, Paul is re recalling what happened when he was on the road to Damascus. And, and this is what Jesus said to him. He said, now stand up. For I have appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and my witness. You are to tell the world about this experience and about other times I will appear to you. And I will protect you from both your own people and the Gentiles. Yes, I am going to send you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins will be forgiven a place among God's... I'm sorry then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. Jesus called him to share the good news with the Gentiles, which was kind of an unheard of thing. It was like, what? Wait a minute. Because up until that time, they were just sharing the good news with the Jews. He had a very unique resume. He was a very uniquely equipped pers person. But here's what you have to understand. God said, I want to use him as my instrument. Jesus placed a calling on him while he was on the road to Damascus. And just like Paul, we all have a calling. A calling that is unique to each of us. Because hear me if you don't hear anything else this morning. Just as each of our lives are unique, our gifts, our talents, our experiences, our victories, our failures, our challenges, our passions, just as these, each of our lives are unique, so are the callings on each of our lives by God. We each have a unique calling by God. We've all been called to do different things. 
for his kingdom because he's designed us in a specific way for a specific reason. The cool thing about God is he can, he can use anything that happens with us and use it for his, gl- for his glory. You see, friends, each of us is gifted. Each of us is gifted. We all have gifts. Look what it says in Romans 12. God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out when you have faith that God is speaking through you. If your gift is that of serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, do a good job of teaching. If your gift is encouraging others, do it. If you have money, share generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Paul is saying, God has given you these gifts for a reason. He's equipped you. And here's the cool thing is that when God calls us to do things, our gifts are going to match what he calls us to do. Friends, that's not by accident. That is not by accident at all. We are all his chosen instrument for a specific message. So each of us is gifted. Also, each of us is unique. Look what it says in Ephesians. And here's Paul again. He is the one who gave us these gifts to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. We're, we each have unique responsibilities. We can't all be the same thing. You know, it, again, it's that whole analogy of the body of Christ. When you look at the human body, we're made up of a bunch of different parts. The body of Christ can't be made up with a bunch of noses. We'd be in everybody's business, wouldn't we? Or a bunch of ears. Or a bunch of mouths. If we were all mouths, nobody would be listening. Right? Everybody has a role to play. Each of us is unique. Also, each of us is equipped. Here's the cool thing about God. It's God doesn't uh, call us to do something and then say, okay, you're on your own. I know you don't know how to do this, but you'll figure it out. No, God doesn't work that way. He equips us to do the things he's called us to. Look what it says in 2 Timothy. Paul says this to Timothy. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It straightens us out and teaches us to do what is right. Listen, it is God's way of preparing us in every way, fully equipped for every good thing God wants us to do. God gives us his word to equip us to do all the things that he has called us to do. Just like Paul, each of us has a unique calling, which God has equipped us and prepared us for. Now, we won't all have an experience like, like Paul did where God meets us on the road, strikes us down, makes us blind, and, and tells us exactly, audibly, what he wants us to do. But our job is to seek the Lord and to seek all that he has for us and to understand what he has equipped us for. Friends, we've all been chosen by God. After all, he saved us, right? Saved us for a reason. So we need to realize this, and that as we face the challenges and the struggles of this life, 
we need to realize that God is using all those things to shape us and to mold us for what he has for us. And here's the interesting thing, is that God will call us to do something and have us prepared for that. And we'll do that, and then all of a sudden other things will happen, and God reshapes us and remolds us for something else he has for us. That's a cool thing about God. Close your eyes and listen to these words. This is Paul again. Now the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, may he equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let me close us in a continued prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you that you've chosen each of us for a reason. I pray that you would keep our eyes and hearts open to what it is you have for us. Allow us to see you. Allow us to understand that our experiences in life have equipped us for a specific reason. We give you glory this day and we honor you this day. May this be uh, just a week of continuing to recognize all that we are in you and seeking you for what you have called us to be. So as we go, we ask that you'd bless us, bless our moms. May this be a glorious day. And all God's people said, amen.